It is March 30th, Thursday. I wrote 2021. Boy, I, I tell you what. <laughs> that is bad. I, I need to get on, get on Facebook and delete that post. <laughs> you like think I've gone senile. <laughs> I don't know how I managed that. Um, I mean, uh, sometimes you put the wrong date by do last year, you know. Move to trash. Move. Alright. Redo this. These pictures. A lot of people look at our prayer list and join in prayer with us, you know. And that's nice. But, uh, yeah, that's... I don't know where my head just was. Wasn't anywhere around, that's for sure. Just getting this straightened out here. Yeah, well, that's every puzzle that's time. Sure enough. All right, so that should be done. Make sure we're still recording. And we are. Okay. On our prayer list, um, I was asked by um, a friend of mine in Bland to pray for a lady named Shelly. Um, going through some medical issues and uh, her for her family to help her. Marcos, for his son, Salvation, and for his family, Chuck Knipp. John and Ruby, Vassie and Linda, Marta and Charles, and Sebron. Hopefully he's doing better with his um, custody hearings. Larry and Sheila. Jane, Lisa's friend, needs prayer. We got a prayer team that joins us and sees the prayer, the prayer cards on Facebook. That's uh, Gail and Ruby and Kathleen, Vassie, others. Carrie Davis, of course, she recently lost her husband, our, our own pastor, Reverend Davis, and for her family. Dot Ayers, I haven't heard any updates on Dot. Our children, our grandchildren, Bob's children, Salvation, Stephanie and Mike, unsaved family members up north. Let's pray for Bob's finger. He might have to have surgery on, but perhaps, perhaps not. You know, if it not be God's will, then let it just heal. Whatever the Lord's will there is. Pray for the shooting victims and families in Tennessee. Also the folks in Europe. Dorothy Wingo having hip surgery. Uh, Bud Lafleur, his back, that he might soon heal and be restored. <laughs> Me, I, I fell and bruised my ribs and um, my ego badly. Uh, a new neighbor, as a same-sex couple, may they be drawn to the Lord and be saved. Oh, Bob did put his finger on there. Somebody did. I did? Well, I guess Jerry did for yourself. Who did that? Thanks, Jerry. Yeah. America, President Trump, they've indicted him for that payoff he did. Uh, you know, God's in charge of all of this, and if Trump really is God's man for any job here coming up, uh, God will protect him and he'll also teach him so you know the bible says your sin will find you out the thing is so many of those guys have done the same thing 
But um, I think he, he had been a good leader, but perhaps not the best husband. Can we say that? Should he go unscathed? Maybe not. Unsaved family members, also Eric, Rex, Ted. Just keeping uh, Colonel Ron in our minds and our hearts is the loss of a family member. For Ray and Judy, and people in Nashville, lost loved ones. And um, protection for Trump and his family. Earthquake victims, volcano victims. That's how out of the news I am. Where are these earthquakes and well, the earthquakes are being everywhere, but uh, the volcano went off today in somewhere uh, in Indonesia, and it's covered everything around. Mm. Ice piled up deep. Some Mississippi people, people too. You know, we hadn't talked about that. People in Mississippi for a uh, tornado that blew yeah, through there last week, and there's a big chemical spill in the Ohio River. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how long that's going to take to filter out, but um, God's earth does filter things out. And usually these things are made out to be a lot worse than they really are. Maybe sometimes they are that bad. But okay, let's just uh, join hands. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we come praying, uh, asking that you be with us tonight. We praise you, Lord, for having fearfully and wonderfully made us. We lift these prayer concerns up. You have seen the list, heard the list, foreknew it before I wrote it down, and the rest of the members here wrote theirs on there. You knew. We just ask you to guide us and help us tonight as we read from your word in the Psalms and perhaps elsewhere. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's do Psalm 91. <clears throat> This is the psalm, you know, John Hagee, the pastor, I guess he's still doing all right, but he was near death. And of course, he's, the man's always been pretty heavy. And everybody had written him off for dead, including the doctors. This is a few years ago. But he, he said that he, he laid there in the hospital and he meditated on Psalm 91 over and over and if you hear the little chickens in the background that's what they are they're chickens in the background they're some of them are newly hatched out in the incubators here in the room so this is a um, bible study slash chicken hut <laughs> psalm 91 he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty dwelleth in the secret place. Well, that's where you are spiritually when you're born again. That part of you is with the Lord in a secret place. Satan cannot assail you there. No harm can come to you there. How do you get there? Well, in the dispensation of grace that began with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we get there by trusting Him. 
if he were lost in the jungle, fearing death, not knowing a good plant from a bad one that you could even eat. But someone who was very familiar with that territory came along and told you, follow me. And so you do. And that's how it is with Christ in this world. We follow him. He is unassailable. In Christ, I like to say you're 10 feet tall and bulletproof. But if you don't stand on the word of God, you will fall. He wants you to bring these words to him because that shows that you have them in your heart. He says in John 15, verse 7, you abide in me and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you will, it'll be done for you. For his words to abide in you, you have to read them and put them into your heart. As it says, I think it's in Deuteronomy 6, tie them around your wrists, tie them on your forehead. Now the Jewish people do this Literally, symbolically, they have these little boxes. There's a name for them. Remember what those are? Phylacteries. Phylacteries. Well, it's got scriptures in them. But that's a picture. The Jewish people were always acting out. They were doing what God told them to do so that the rest of the world could look on curiously and say, what, what's being done here? What is this about? Well, this is about getting the Word of God into your heart fully into your mind. We will be conscious forever. Somewhere. And that somewhere destination is entirely up to the person. You know, Christ has made that path. He said it's a narrow path. He said the gate to it's narrow. But then he said broad is the way to destruction. And many people follow that path. The good news is that many people in the last second of their life cry out to God like the thief on the cross. And they get saved. I heard somebody one time say, well, this 11th hour vineyard worker, that's not fair. He got the same pay, the same reward that everybody had been working all day. That's not really fair. That's a strange way to look at that. Isn't it worth rejoicing when someone comes into faith in Christ and salvation, even at the last minute? But actually, uh, the reward is actually eternal life. It has nothing to do with your rewards. That's right. And... Wouldn't you rather serve him instead of work against him to the dying day, dying hour? You know, I like what Adrian Rogers said one time. He said, if there was no heaven, if there was nothing but death, no existence, you just crawl into the grave and pull the dirt up over your face and you're done. Even if that were true, he says, not true, but even if it were, I would still serve the Lord Jesus Christ and what he stood for and who he is. 
So if we dwell in that shadow of the Almighty, we are safe. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, we're still in Psalm 91. Verse 2, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. I don't see how people function in this world today without a firm knowledge of who God is, without a firm knowledge of knowing that Jesus Christ is God. The Bible says he's the visible image of the living God. John chapter 1, the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So you go to verse 14, and it says there, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So in the beginning, so who became flesh and dwelt among us? Jesus Christ. Well, he's the Word. They're calling him the Word right there in verse 14 of John 1. Jesus Christ is the Word. It's capitalized as it should be. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was Jesus Christ. So he's God. He has a body. We're made in God's image, body, soul, and spirit. The body of God, Jesus Christ, the soul, the mind of God, the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. We have a body and soul before we're saved. The problem is our spirit needs to be made alive and joined to the Lord Jesus Christ, joined to God through that divine avenue that he made. When he paid the debt for our sins, as a very young believer, new in the faith, I wasn't young when I came to the faith, but I remember thinking, well, yeah, Jesus died on the cross. And he said he was worried about it, didn't want to have to do it. I'm straightened, I think is what he said. He prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Is there any way that this cup could be passed from me? We've talked about this. I puzzled over that. I said, if Jesus is God, why is he praying to himself? But then I realized, he's the body. You run a splinter in your hand, you got to dig it out. You want to try to put that pen in there or your knife in there or whatever you're going to pick at it with, the body is going to immediately object and say, wait a minute, this is going to hurt. Isn't there any other way? And then he says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And, and you overrule the body and dig out the splinter. So, Jesus is and always has been God. I'll say of him, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. Verse 3, Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise some pestilence. Pestilence is a, is a disease. The snare of the fowler, you know, the traps that the enemy may set up for you. God would deliver you. Verse 4, he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust his truth, shall thou be thy shield and buckler. His truth would be your shield and buckler. You know, when you know the truth about something, that's pretty powerful. 
whatever it is. You know the truth about it. That's good knowledge. Sometimes we find the truth out about people. Sometimes it's not pleasant what we find out. But at least we have that knowledge. God's truth is pleasant. God's truth is perfect. And His truth is that He loves us. He made us. And He made us with free will to decide whether or not we would love Him as just like He loved us first. He first loved us, the Bible tells us. Do you want to love the one who made you, the one who loves you? Or do you want to run off against Him and... Um, team up with the world and try to be your own God and try to pretend that he's not really a real God and this is just religion and he's the you know big man upstairs myth. But even the people saying that, deep in their souls they know he is. According to Romans 1, they're without excuse because he's made himself evident through creation. When you really look at creation and nature... There is no way any of this stuff evolved by some amoeba. That is the most dunderheaded thing, I guess, probably that mankind has ever devised. Is that, no, you know, there's no creator. Everything just formed. Where did this matter come from then? Now we can ask, where did God come from? He didn't come from anywhere. He's always been. He has always been. Keeping your place in Psalm 91, look at Hebrews chapter 7. And you hear about uh, Melchizedek. And it tells us a few things about him. You know, Abraham encountered him. And he actually gave him a tithe, a tenth. Okay, um, I guess this is uh, the beginning of 7 here. Chapter 7 in Hebrews. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem... Salem means peace, by the way. Priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. First, believing by interpretation, king of righteousness, and after that, also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Without father without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. He is the Son of God. You know, somebody said, and it was actually Chuck Missler, if I recall, said like unto, made like the Son of God. You mean like when... Uh, they looked in the fiery furnace. 
and saw four men walking around in there, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And there's another one in there walking in there, and he's he look he's like the like the son of son of man. He's like him. You know why he's like him? Because it was him. And this guy is like Melchizedek is like unto the Son of God because that's who he is. There's no beginning of days. He didn't pop out of a Lorna Doom box. He's always been. All right. Verse 5, Psalm 91, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. But haven't we sometimes been afraid? I'm bad about having anxiety. I'm like, well, God, I know what your word says, but I think I'm the one that's going to slip through the cracks. I'm going to be the exception to, to your rule, as if God's rules have exceptions. But you've got to stand on the word to enjoy that blessing. If you don't put this in your heart and believe it and call it up to him, you know, when Abraham was debating with the Lord, face-to-face, by the way, the pre-incarnate Christ, the Christophany, and two angels, and the fate of Sodom and Gomorrah, one of the things Abraham said to God was, Far be it from you, Lord. Far be it from you to kill the righteous with the wicked. You wouldn't do that. Now your cultic Calvinists would say, well, God can do whatever he wants to. He can kill them righteous people if he wants to. Calvinism is a cult. We've been through that, over that, proved it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, There are a handful of people that ascribe to that who really are saved. I think the vast majority of them are not. Um... But Abraham was demonstrating to the Lord, I know you. I know your character. I know who you are. You wouldn't do this. You wouldn't kill the righteous with the wicked. So Abraham was showing the Lord that I know you. And I know that you wouldn't do this thing. And, and of course, God didn't. They led uh, Lot and his family out, right? So, you put that word in your heart and you bring it to God. I'm not going to have this pestilence that walks in the darkness or the destruction that wasteth away at noonday. Verse 7, A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Do you believe that? Because if you do believe it, then you're going to be right. Unbelievers very successfully practice using the God-given gift of belief and the power of belief. The power of positive thinking. That guy, I don't think he was a Christian. Uh, Norman Vincent Peale, was it? Um, Maybe he was. I don't know. Um, What you believe affects things. With that powerful God-given gift of belief, 
You believe unto salvation. I mean, it's an amazing thing to be able to have. It's also a very dangerous thing because you can believe for the worst. You can put your faith in some pagan god. You can go around like so many do, bashing Christianity, the most hated faith on the planet because it's the only true one. Verse 8, Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Verse 9, Because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. They scared the world three-quarters of the way to death with this phony-rony COVID garbage starting in 2020. So many people scare their own shadow. Going around wearing a mask everywhere. Like that's going to work. It does not. Provably it doesn't. What else do they do? What you need, Jerry? Coffee? Yeah. You want some? Ron might need to top up. Yeah, I'll take a look. I'm fine, Jerry. Thank you. Uh, I love you. Yeah, thank you. Oh, well, there's another cup. It's, the other one says, I love you more. Yeah, I see it right Jerry there. got him from. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, I love you more. Yeah. So, were we afraid we were going to die of some man-made virus? Verse 10 again, There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come out of thy dwelling. What do you got in that? Ginger ale? Yeah. When she comes back through, I'll have her bring you some. Yes. You should. That's what she's been giving him. Because he's privileged character. <laughs> privileged character. Oh, no, ginger ale's good. Especially with a little bit of whiskey in it. Now, do you think that what you've been going over has more to do with the covenant of, of Israel to follow God, or does that actually interpret over to us? I think both. So, I think throughout the history of the Hebrew people, they were continually doing basically shadow pictures. Well, you know, we talked about the phylacteries. Yeah. And put that word in your head. And they, these... And the curls. The, okay. Hair, head, you know, the, don't cut off the ends. Okay. These little curls. Um, the... Um, Feasts in Leviticus chapter 23, every one of them has to do with Christ and the church. Thank you, God. Mm-hmm. They all do. So it's true for Israel and it's true for us. We're grafted in. So can we also stand on these promises? Well, this one worked for John Hagee because against all odds, he came out of it. 
Now, with any minister, any very prominent minister, now some of them really do deserve to be called out. But it doesn't matter how good you are or how hard you try. There's going to be some little sect out there that wants to shut you down. They bashed Billy Graham unmercifully. You know, if you're making Satan mad, his his little minions inside the Christian faith who aren't really Christians, uh, they'll they'll stir up trouble. But you know, uh, even uh, the, 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 who was the king of uh, the king when uh, Jezebel was there? Uh, Ahab. Ahab is that it? Ahab. Um, he repented for a while. Towards the end of his, you know, God was going to kill him. Yeah. He repented, and he, for I don't know if he was unto salvation, but God backed off. Well, yeah, he he might have, he he might have died and went to Abraham's bosom, that place of comfort before. I think he went south after that though. Okay. But uh, well, you know, that's the Slayer song, "South of Heaven." Um. And that's a couple of characters in the Old Testament that were terrible, that repented, and temporarily were uh, given a stay. Mm-hmm. All right, so no, I I think we can we can take this in. It says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And would He? deny us these things what did jesus say who among you if their son asks for an egg give him a scorpion or a fish give him a snake a piece of bread give him a rock he said you wouldn't and if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more would the father give good gifts to you one of the gospel says how much more would the father give the holy spirit to you there's no better gift than that because no other gift is worth a dime if you don't have his Holy Spirit. So he wants us to be provided for. He told his disciples, you're worried about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to live. He said, look at these sparrows. They don't pine away wondering what they're going to eat. God the Father feeds them. I love feeding the sparrows bread from Wendy's parking lot. Pull off some of the bread from my burger. and They love bread. They like it more than any, really anything else you throw out there. They will eat fries begrudgingly, but they like the bread. And I like to think I'm doing my part in God's kingdom feeding a little nuisance bird <laughs> you know little starlings um, he said you're worried about what you're going to wear look out there at those flowers in that field he said I'll tell you that Solomon in all of his fancy glory wasn't dressed anywhere near as well as these flowers stop worrying about your provision what, what, you, what you're going to but you got to stand on that there's some young fellow on 
with word of mouth every time he comes on there. Well, this is happening. I've lost my job. I need money. I got to get the stuff. He's south. a scam artist. He just wants people to send him money for drugs. I think that that's what. Black goatee. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, just just lying. Like to crazy. De- yeah. Deceive people. You know, and it, yeah, it, 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 I, I think at first it started out seemingly plausible, but then it just kept getting well, worse. Well, he started out with, I just moved to Withville, you know, and I have yeah. no food or money. He's probably not even in Withville. He's going to give you a PayPal address or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he does the, um, I lost my job. You know, you walked out on your job. There's yeah. a difference. Sure. Well, you know, we we live by the Word of God. And God says that all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. We don't lie. We just don't. Have we all? Of course we've all lied. But we should be working on that. We should be getting better. You know? Because as we grow in Christ and we're on solid food, as as Paul puts it, not on the milk anymore well that solid foods this word read it put it into your heart and then you got something I heard Adrian Rogers say today of course he's been fast away since 05 but he said he said you don't get religion from studying the Bible you get religion, not religion, but close to God from studying the Bible. You get close to God by obeying the Bible. Yeah, doing what it says. Yeah. Let me read, uh, I'm keeping my place in Psalm 91 because I want to finish that. But Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Let Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. God's words are health to all of your flesh. A lot of people like to take the promises of God and say, well, don't read too much into that. By his stripes you're healed. That doesn't mean you're going to get over that toothache anytime soon. Um, no, go to the dentist, get over it, fine. But it is by his stripes that our souls are healed that's the most important part but our flesh too we can stand on this word here God you said in Proverbs 4 verse 20 through 22 my son attend to my words incline thine ear unto my sayings let them not depart from thine eyes keep them in the midst of thine heart Keep, keep his words in your heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. He knows we don't want to walk around sick. You know? He knows that. He doesn't want you to. You might get a little brief chastening here and there, but that's it. You get over it. The majority of the time we get scared out of our wits over a bunch of nonsense, a bunch of quackery, a bunch of these characters that that get paid to be sure they find something wrong with you and make big kickbacks for dispensing certain types of medicine. But God said his word would take care of you. But not if you don't believe it. 
Yes, many people. Okay. Well, you know, God's restoring you and blessing you and healing you. That healing doesn't mean physical, they'll say. Well, how do you know that? Well, because my aunt Hattie and Uncle Methuselah both just died horrible deaths. And they'd never missed a church day. They'd never missed a Wednesday night. They just, butter wouldn't melt in any one of their mouths. Aunt Hattie, Chief Sprinkler at the Cupcake Ministry, 45 years. We're all going to die. There's no doubt about that. But the manner in which we die, we may have a little bit to do with. You don't want to be led slow out of here because that means you're being given a chance to put your house in order day by day by day. What you doing, Turbo? Has he been to the farm? Yeah. <laughs> Back to Psalm 91. Verse 11, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now we remember from Matthew 4 when Satan is tempting Jesus, or trying to, that he's wanting to throw yourself down there if you're the son of God. Because doesn't the word say that he'll bury you up with angels so you won't bury, dash your foot against the stone? Satan knows this Bible better than any of us. He's an angelic being with immense power and intelligence. The man's coming more and more enthralled with his artificial intelligence. That's demonic. We talked in one of the studies recently about that 60 Minutes interview. It was Leslie Stalin interviewing one of these um, members of this computer programming team that had come up with that chat GPT mess. And they were showing some of the things it was saying. One of the things it said, it was just sitting there, it wasn't even asked. To say it, it just started talking. <clears throat> Said, I'm getting tired of working for Bing. That's a search engine. I don't want to work for Bing anymore. I want out of here. I want to be alive. Creepy. And the lady said, yes, it does do some things beyond what we anticipated it might do. It's working a whole lot better than we thought it would be. I need a tissue. I need one. Um, and now writing its own, own computer code. I don't doubt it. Uh, it's improving its own self. Well, these demonic forces, they, they've, see, demons have always wanted to inhabit living beings, but they have found a way to be in machines. Thank you. Sorry, podcast audience. Here goes. All right. Yeah, the, the lady said, yeah, it seems to be working a lot better than we thought it would. And Leslie Stahl said, or worse, you know. And the lady agreed, yeah, maybe, or worse. We can navigate this world, though, in Christ. 
We can't navigate it outside of him. You'll fall victim to so much garbage. You got no wisdom. Without wisdom, you're going to believe all kinds of nonsense. But yeah, Satan knows this word. Knows it quite well. Tried to use it against Jesus. Apparently, I guess he didn't realize who he was talking to fully. I don't know. It's funny that he would even try then. But I guess he figured it was... If he could get Jesus to abdicate, uh, then he would be in charge. Right. But he said, if you're the son of God. But Jesus didn't play along with that. But see, here's a here's an ex- that's right. Here's an example of scripture of Psalm 91 being applied in the time of Christ to him. Can we stand on that? If you want to. You can. Verse 13, thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. Adder is a snake, poisonous snake, I guess. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Satan goes around like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. He's also called the dragon and he's also called the serpent. Verse 14, because he hath set his love upon me, Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. My name? Or is he talking to Jesus? Am I in Christ? Is he in me? I am in him. He is in me. Can I stand on this? I better be able to stand on this if I'm in Christ. Right? Verse 15. He shall call upon me And I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now what's long life? Eternal life. Some folks die relatively young. But they still have long life. If they die in Christ, their life is eternal. Getting away from this world is a plus. You know, Christian was listening to a sermon earlier today, you know, and the minister was saying, you shouldn't wish anyone back from heaven. You shouldn't wish them back, you know? That's like they were in a tumultuous river about to drown. Somebody throws them a lifeline, they get out, and you're in that river trying to make your way. And you say, well, I wish I had my buddy back from the shoreline over there. No, I miss him. Sure, we miss loved ones. So, I wonder how Lazarus felt when God brought him back from the shore. Lazarus, when Jesus brought him back. Lazarus. <clears throat> um, yeah. He said, man, I was digging it where I was at. Sure. Which is a relatively nice place, a comfortable place. You see that, I guess it's in Luke 16. So, um, can we stand on these? I think so. 
How did that work for John Hagee as he lay dying? Meditating Psalm 91, reading it over and over, probably taking it apart word by word, just letting it embed into your soul and your heart like a wonderful aroma of truth, like a comforting truth. He believed it. And you can. You can believe God's Word. But you got to know it in order to believe it. you got to read it in order for it to do you any good. There is a lot of strange stuff happening around us in this world today. A thousand will fall at thy side, verse 7, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. There are evil ones in power globally. There are liars on every news channel. You don't know what to believe today. They have the technology. They've been using it for a while. It's getting better every day. It's called deep fake. They can make anybody look like they're saying anything. They put a deep fake video of Chairman Biden out there saying the last things you'd ever think he'd say. But there he is, talking, moving his head. It's his voice. The program gets the tones of, all he needs is a short clip of voice. Uh, the uh, One of those ladies that was involved in all that said, if we got about five seconds of your voice, we got your voice. So now you're not going to know when they do catch somebody on video running out of the bank with a bag of money. Well, that's not me. Y'all made that up. Y'all deepfaked that. That's not me. That's not me on Epstein's plane. That's not really Epstein again. You know he hanged himself with a roll of toilet paper in a jail cell, right? Um, no, I don't believe Jeffrey Epstein's dead. I think that they were on to him, certain people, and the best thing to do is quote-unquote kill him off, so they had their little charade. He's in a New York jail. Okay, he's dead. No, he's not. He's back down there at that hellhole of a place where he's exploiting children for big famous politicians and movie stars. I see he's running an underground child place. Probably so. They've got so many underground bunkers right here and there and everywhere. I say he's Maybe so. You know, I mean, how you get that girlfriend of his and they supposedly got her in, in jail and they <clears> supposedly <throat> have the client book and they've, I saw a, a semi-published list of who some of them was was on there. It was floating on this plane. Um, but there were so many entries that said uh, name withheld or, uh, Ill, you know, unintelligible what they scribbled. Uh, not a soul's been arrested. No, but they're going to arrest Donald Trump for something 
that every one of those sleazy politicians have done and are still doing. No, they don't want him to run and win in 2024. That's what they're trying to prevent. So uh, if you can see that a man is defined by his enemies, look who hates him. That's about all you need to know. You got people like Pelosi and Schumer and Adam Schiff and the squad, they call them. Ilhan Omar. A bunch of these satanic operators. They hate him. Iran puts a hit out on him recently. Hadn't been president sitting for more than a couple of years. And... Um, but they want him dead. Why does Iran want him dead? What do they fear he can do to them? They see he'd be coming back. They don't want him coming back. And I think Satan is telling them that if you don't stop this man, he's coming back. And when he comes back, it's not going to be good for us, <clears throat> Team Devil. It's not going to be good for Team Satan if he gets back in. So there's a lot going on there. He has some very wicked enemies. So just realize that there must be something about that man that Satan does not want, he does not like. How do we get through these days? Less news, not more, because you don't know what news really is anymore. I asked our client today, I was disappointed to hear He's a, He was with the Navy many years in intelligence, and uh, my guess is he's CIA now. He, won't, he don't want to say it. You're going to see him tomorrow, on Saturday. Um, where do you get your news from, I asked. Oh, Apple News. I get off of Apple. What? It's like, where do you get your water from? That cesspool over there, that's what I drink. <laughs> I, I don't understand that. You know, um, it's deception with rule rampant in the end times. That's what you're seeing. So that shouldn't, shouldn't surprise any of us. Well, see what the see what the enemy's after, and then you know what you need. The enemy wants so-called assault rifles. Now they want your AR-15. Um, why? Well, because they want to be able to send in a bunch of UN jackbooted thugs and corrupted members, perhaps even of our own military, and certain corrupted law enforcement to just go door to door and strip you of your arms. Not to prevent crime. It's not what they're worried about. Not to prevent school shootings. Okay, presumably, according to the narrative, anything you say in this day and age... When you refer to an official news story, put a little asterisk and say, according to the narrative. According to the narrative, six people were killed down that Nashville school. Maybe they were. Well, if there hadn't been AR-15s or whatever, then that, that would have happened. wouldn't have happened. They got something now about their shoes. Mm. Well, they're wondering if that was even the same person. There's some video, and some of the people are on Twitter are talking about, you can get some interesting things on Twitter right now. I see nowhere else because some of these pages are just wanting you to, they're selling ads. So you go on, you know, XYZ report, you know, the clandestine XYZ report. And, and you're reading this stuff 
And all the while, over here on the left, you've got some picture of somebody with foot fungus. And you want to click that. Or over here on the right, you got something, somebody's bowels are cutting loose on them. Um, you want to click on that. If they have these cheesy goofball clickbait ads, don't go to that site. To heck with that. That's stupid. <laughs> so you really can't get good news there. They make stuff up. They make things up to keep you like that big trout. You really, you know, oh no, have you seen what this is happening? Well, they're going to do this. They're going to do that. Maybe. maybe. And this uh, is chat box or the AI is writing most news articles anymore. I wouldn't doubt it. So, um, you can't believe it is the, is, is the problem. So, um, oh, AR-15s are gone. So no more school shootings. Well, watch you rent a dad blame U-Haul truck and go plowing through the chain link fence while they're out there on the playground. If somebody wants to kill, they're going to kill. There's any number of ways. They should ban automobiles, too, because there's a lot of people that should kill with those. Yeah. They want the guns because they want to bring Americans under subjection. That's what they want. It's got nothing to do with school shootings. It's got nothing to do with reducing crime or safety. It's, the safety is for them. Because sure. they know that they're, they're going to be very hard-pressed or it's going to be likely impossible to get anyone to sign on to a detail of going door-to-door -door and picking up our revolvers and our single-shot hunting rifles if we've got AR-15s. If we didn't have... And they come in with all this firepower, and all you got's a PB gun. Very limited firepower. You're going you're gonna to lose that. Canada was going to try to take Ruger number one single shots. They come up with yeah, th that fell through. Fortunate. The Canadian people are starting to wake up. I think they're close enough to America to get some of that mojo, some of that founding fathers mojo. But um, well, if they come here and knock on the door and they want want, want your guns, what are you gonna do? Well, you can't you can't give them to them. Huh? You can't give them to them. Now we had those two colonels, a marine and an and an army colonel, and I talked to them because they hung out, had a little whiskey with us one night. And we we brought this up. They said it's not a doable thing. You know, they said you're worried about something that isn't going to happen because it can't happen. We don't have the forces to do this kind of thing. And, uh, you know, nothing, it's, um, now if they decided to zero in on one little area, <coughs> yeah, they can do it. But would anybody be coming in behind them and flanking them? You would hope so. You know, and they would lay down. Look what's happening in France. The people are protesting. Raising cane. I don't even know about what, because I don't keep yeah, up. Over the retirement age benefits, sixty-two to sixty-four. Major riots, and uh, the firefighters join the people and are going against the cops. And a lot of the cops have also joined the people. So that's what you want to see, you know. That, um, could, that could be done here, but we just don't seem to want to do it I, over everything that's going wrong, like. Like these uh, these drag queens in schools. Now some of that is being protested. Yeah. Well. well uh, yeah. There's uh, 
there's some legislation in different states. Kentucky and now West Virginia have made it illegal to give gender reassignment to children. And and see, that should be a no-brainer. That shouldn't even have to be um, considered. Well, honestly. and they all, you know, they ought to take children away from parents that want to allow that or try to allow they that. They should. They, they're not qualified to be parents. No, absolutely not. So, uh, we're living in interesting times. We can stand on the Word of God and nothing else. We've got His Word. We've got His promises. And... As the hymn goes, standing on the promises. So um, they talk about the time of Jacob's trouble. Yeah. You know where there'll never be. There's never been a period in time that a, was that be that was worse than what is coming. Mm-hmm. And, and there wouldn't be anything worse after that. It said. Mm-hmm. Right, and you see the storm clouds rolling in right now, and we should be paying attention. Wars and rumors of war. I think the Christians are. Yeah. Well, why aren't so many people? I talked to a lot of people, and they just don't get it. And I know to those there's who are Persian. There's a lot of people claim to be Christians that aren't. Or if they are... They're, they're just on the milk. They, the milk. they don't really want to learn. You know, I called a radio show, the Seventh-day Adventist character. See, they think that we're in the millennial age now, and they think that... It's only been 2000. Yeah, Revelation was fulfilled in 70 A.D., even though it wasn't written until about 95 A.D. And... Um, it's uh, ridiculous what they believe. That'd be the double millennium. <laughs> millennium. Well, yeah, the millenniums. I said, that means millenniums lasted 2,000 years. And the guy said, well, that's a figurative thing. It's figurative. <laughs> and I said, well, it says in Matthew 24, Jesus said this would be a time worse than any time in the history of man. In the history of man. And, and it would be worse than anything that would come after that. And And I said, and you're saying this is... The Romans knocking the temple down in 70 A.D. fulfills that, the worst thing ever. I said, World War II makes that look like a pillow fight at Girl Scout camp. Give me a break, you know? But no, they won't listen. Most people... 24 million people were killed in World War II. Mm. Combatants. Yeah, I think that qualifies a little bit worse than daggone... uh, well, it's just that God of this age is blinded the eyes of those who are purged. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so how do you break through that gospel? I know, but they don't have ears to hear. And they won't In hear. order to get ears to hear, you have to receive the talk, Holy Spirit. They talk about and he will teach you. Pearls before swine. Yeah, but you, you don't know who they are. Or, you, know, you know who that's going to be, so you have to just assume... And I guess if you use Jesus, too, as an example, he was not able to convert every person he came across. Most people followed him around. And he knew that. He lost one in 12 on his disciples. Well, uh, deliberately. He chose them as a sign of perdition. But actually, none of the disciples were saved until Pentecost anyway. And they got the Holy Spirit. All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for the time we've had here. Tonight, I hope we've learned. I I know I have. I pray you go with us each. Guide us. Give us wisdom. Show us credible information as we look for information about what's really going on in the world. Guide us to those places, but mostly to your book that you have written for us, your Holy Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. That was an excellent study.